0: welcome to the depth chart podcast my name is freddie maggard i'm joined by nick roush in louisville fresh off the derby nick uh that's your wheelhouse how was your one day of of fame at the Derby. I know Uh, all your buddies were there. How was it for you, man? It was
1: great. We turned in three days of fun. Uh, As you can tell, I'm a little worse for the wear. It wears you out going to a racetrack three days in a row. I've been screaming at horses too much, maybe chewing on too many cheap cigars, but uh, still ready to talk a little ball today. And have you helped catch me up on on all the fun I missed at the NFL draft?
0: Yeah, you missed a lot of fun, man. I watched every pick of the three-day draft special, uh, on TV. So uh, it was a good, it was fun. It was three days of fun. I was nervous, uh, you know, ho- hoping uh, to hear all the Kentucky guys name being called. And uh, luckily we got to hear six of them, which uh, we'll get into that time. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to be joined uh, by Courtney Love, Kentucky football director of player development, Courtney, how are you doing, sir? And did you watch or go to the Derby?
2: I'm doing great. And, uh, no, nah, you know what? I watched it. I didn't go. Um, wish I could have made it out there. But, um, you know, it was, a good, it was a good turnout. I didn't win. Um, but
1: you know how that goes. <laughs> I feel, you, you rarely yeah, win. I, yeah. The, the house always <laughs> wins.
0: I feel like Courtney would be good at the Derby because he's all, like, you know, muscles and stuff. He'd look good in a suit. I feel mm-hmm. like Courtney would be a good person to go to the Derby, Nick.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am not a suit guy. Too hot, you know. I'm there for comfort. I spent most of the day barefoot, if that's any indication. Walking around with the grass in between your toes feels nice.
0: Yeah. I yeah. Bet. Well, <laughs> yeah. Courtney, you had six players drafted. Uh, and what I was – I mean, obviously, I was very proud of those guys. Uh, excited for them. Uh, but in your arena – uh, I was happy for you because uh, all the players that were drafted, uh, majority of them, the the announcers talked about what they did off the field and in the community in Lexington, and that's what that's one of your roles as director of player development.
2: That's right. You know, it's it was a, it was an honor to to see that, and um, you know, you worked with some of these guys, and you know, myself just getting a chance to uh, you know be on the staff now, but also a lot of those guys that got picked up, they were my former teammates. Uh, so to see them all kind of grow and, uh, you know, go through the process that they went through, uh, to get to that point, um, to have their, their dreams come true, uh, was amazing. So, um, it just speaks to the, you know, the volumes that, you know, UK again is is back at it with, you know, that recruit and development, um, model and, um, you know, we, we kind of, we see that and we see. More and more guys every year enter the draft and really become, uh, you know, great prospects for the next level.
0: So six players—that's—I that, that, think Courtney has the most since 1979. So, uh, and then we won't get into names because it's way too early to project. But uh, to the 2022 draft should also be filled with Wildcats. So uh, you are doing great work over there. What what's new in player development at Kentucky? Uh, you know, the, the newest
2: thing is just, you know, really just trying to get these guys to understand, you know, their platform, you know, the name, image, likeness stuff that's going to be coming up, uh, really try to get them to understand how they can brand themselves. And, you know, also that that'll kind of kick them in a direction toward, uh, you know, really taking care of business, you know, in all the different facets of their life, you know, which, you know, which is our, our character equipping them with the tools to become the most successful men that they can become, um, being around the right people, um, you know, putting them in touch with uh, different guys that they can do internships with and get some real life experience outside of just football. Uh, so that's that's in a nutshell, kind of what the newest things have been. Other than that, it's just really, um, really making uh, the rest of everything else that we continue to do, um, being out in the community, um, you know, getting our guys to understand what it looks like uh, on the next level of, you know, the NFL or what it looks like in, um, you know, your career. So that's, that's the, really the biggest thing.
1: Man, now it's a, wild, know, t- it's a wild time for the nil stuff too, because it's uncharted waters, you know? <laughs>
0: that's right. <correct. laughs> I know uh, Courtney and I have a, uh, the, this passion for the same pro team. So, Hey, Boogie Watson, <laughs> going to Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, so, uh, I love it. I, yeah, I was happy to see that. Uh, Nick, we, we could not put this uh, podcast on the air if it wasn't for our friends at LA Codings. and uh, based out of uh, Youngstown. There, my man Bill's on. Bill, did you win the der- uh,
3: the uh, Derby race? Did you win? Did you have the winning horse? You know, I was I was headed there and it started raining around here and it ruined my hat. So I just said to hell with the whole thing and just didn't yeah. go.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got fashion is key. Yeah. Courtney, yep. Courtney Bill told us that uh, he was quite the athlete back in Youngstown. Were you aware of his his oh, accolades yeah. back in your hometown?
2: Oh, yeah. Willie Fastfeed, the double
0: Dutch champion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> did you, my question is Did you ever see him in action?
2: Never saw him in action just yet. <laughs>
0: They,
3: they, so, haven't made it, they, they haven't made an iPhone with fast enough shutter speed to catch okay. my feet, so there's not even recordings of it.
0: <laughs> Courtney, I also know that you're uh, you're you're involved with LA Coatings. What's new? In, 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 we talked about what's new in the arena for you at, at Kentucky. What's new with LA Coatings? Uh, with you, what's going on with LA Coatings?
2: Uh, you know what, Bill, you can kind of take that one, but you know, first, you know, I wanted to say, you know, it's been it's been an honor to, to be a part of it and kind of grow LA Codings. It's um, not been very long since we've been uh, where we're at now, but um, a lot of really good things. I know you guys have talked already in the past, um, you know, past episodes about what it is, but I'm telling you what, it's something that I think could be trans, life-changing life really um, with what we got and, um, you know, specifically in this football world and, you know, in different businesses. I grew up, Freddie, I think you know a little bit about yeah. environmental cleaning that my dad does. So um, it's something that really just just caught my attention early on once I heard about it. And, um, you know, the, the brains behind it is is Bill Fordenberg. So uh, I'll let him go ahead and <laughs> kind of speak on it.
3: Well, well, thank you very much. I don't know about that, the brains, but in, in terms of what's uh, new with us is we've started a new campaign um, targeting specifically uh, houses of worship as things are opening back up and people wanna feel more comfortable. We're getting the word out um, to these types of facilities that we can really assist them in making their uh, congregations feel more comfortable and try to to welcome people back in uh, because not only does that help uh, mentally people getting out of the house and also getting back to some sense of normalcy it it also helps the the feeling of a community because obviously these house of worship do a tremendous amount of charity and good works in the community so if we could help facilitate getting them reopen as quickly as possible. We feel that that's going to just help communities in general. Um, Just again, not to sound redundant, get that sense of normalcy because uh, uh, some things that really aren't being discussed is how mentally taxing this whole situation has been uh, with COVID. And we're just trying to get that out there so people can get back to normal. So that's kind of what's new is us really targeting um, these these types of churches and, and things like that. So if anyone knows a church anywhere in Kentucky, Ohio, that's interested in our disinfecting or our antimicrobials, definitely feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at lacodings.com is the website or you can call 8885-CODED and we can give you a quote over the phone uh, it's no charge, and the phone call takes under five minutes, and, and you'll have a really good idea of what we can do and how can we help reopen your facilities.
0: Well, guys, I sure do appreciate you two being on. Uh, I'm sorry you neither one of you won the Derby. Your horse didn't win the Derby. Uh, and, uh, Bill, I'm sorry about your hat, man, because I know fashion is something that you're really into.
3: Absolutely. I'm not a huge fan of your hat, though. Uh, well,
0: <laughs> here's the deal. I am going, Courtney, I, I, here's my here's my hope uh, for today. <clears throat> I hope Lids in the Fayette Mall has a military discount because I got to go buy five hats today. You got to so, go get two. <laughs> I know. And, and the one that's going to hurt me the worst is, is the Cowboys hat. Yeah, that's oh, the yeah. one. Oh. That, yeah, yeah. But that's mm. that's Where's kind of a that? tradition. That's a tradition I have, Courtney, you know, I started recently is – you know, when guys get drafted, I go get a hat from the team. So uh, it's going to hurt me to get a Cowboys hat, uh, but I'm going to have to do it. And uh, a Panthers hat, uh, Washington football team hat, and a Jets hat. So That's it. Uh, you know, I already got the Steelers, you know, that, Browns. Right. So got to do what I got to do, man. I got to support the guys. Definitely, definitely. Hey, I
2: want to tell you guys before, before we get off here, Thank y'all so much for for having us. And um don't forget, let us know what, you know, what charity you guys wanna gotcha. you, know, you guys want to get sprayed. And um, you know, uh that's what we're all about at LA Codings, you know, the the community, um, and really, you know, leadership and development. That's what we want to really, you know, corner ourselves on and uh, you know, kind of grow from there. But we thank y'all for having us and um, you know, uh you might have to get that that hack thing <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> That brown stuff ain't right. working for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, guys, thanks for being on, and and we'll talk soon. Thank All, you, right. All right, but it was great to have Courtney on. He does such a fantastic job at Kentucky at player development, and he's one of my one of my good friends. I talk to Courtney quite often, and and he is just a great person to have over there, and does a tremendous job.
1: Yeah, and you uh I guess he's technically your protege, right?
0: Yeah, he yeah. Courtney is is wonderful. We talk often about stuff not about football. And uh, you know, happy that he he uh he uh is involved there with LA Cody's Bill. And we want to thank them again for the partnership. Uh let's get back to the draft, Nick. Mm-hmm. Specifically defense. You know, I, I know I am redundant and 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 when I write for KSR I always have to put it in there that Brad White has to replace six starters. And, and to me, Nick, I think that after the draft, you know, I, I think it is it is now coming to, to light that replacing those six starters on defense, in my opinion, is as much of a storyline as the new offense and the quarterback competition. Because what he has to replace from the six – including Biggie Watson going to – Uh, uh, the Steelers 115 starts 496 tackles 54 and a half tackles for loss and 12 interceptions are all off to the NFL and Kentucky is going to have to find replacements in the starting roles on that defense. I think that is a huge story going into spring practice or going into fall camp.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the biggest (laughs) story, you know? Yeah. Um, But when you kind of break it down there's a, there's a lot of impact players of course i mean especially when you talk about your your turnover creators like kelvin joseph and james harris right. but the one you mentioned off the top who's a stealer now boogie watson yeah uh, even though he didn't fill it up and have as many sacks as he'd like to in his final season dude did spray the stat sheet and yeah i i I like too that there is like a Steelers Kentucky pipeline now where Mike Tomlin, he likes UK guys. He drafted Bud Dupree in the first round. He went and got Benny in the third and he signed a ton of free agents. So, um, heck, and I, I I hate that. I just forgot his name too, but, uh, he came out around Bud's class. It wasn't Farrington Hugenden. There we go. Farrington was on the practice squad for, three or four years, you know, because yeah. they like the consistency, the the work, the mentality there. Calvin Taylor last offseason, TJ Carter just a month or two ago, and now they go out and get Boogie Watson. There's definitely a culture thing that Mike Tomlin likes from the Kentucky Wildcats.
0: Boogie Watson was extremely active and productive as a Kentucky Wildcat. 29 starts, 107 tackles, 28 and a half tackles for loss. That, that That's a high number for a career and 18-and-a-half quarterback sacks, and then obviously the interception against Mississippi State, he had one of those. So Boogie did a lot of great things uh, for Kentucky. I'm happy as a Steelers fan that he's going to to Pittsburgh. Uh, but, yeah, he was highly productive, and that's that's going to be a spot that Kentucky has to replace. And, and that defense has got a lot of work to do, Nick, uh, before, mm-hmm. before Louisiana Monroe rolls into town because there's a lot of production, a lot of explosiveness, uh, a lot of tackles, a lot of havoc stats that are that were produced by those now pros. So a lot, a lot of work to do. So let's go. Just go through the draft. Uh, uh, Jamin Davis, first round to Washington uh, at 19. That was earlier than than I was projecting, but I was happy to see Jamin go to Washington. That's going to need a starting inside linebacker. Uh, maybe not this year, but next year. But the reason I was happy for Jamin is he gets to play behind arguably the best defensive line in the national football league and just run free and make tackles
1: should make his job
0: easy. Yeah. But if we look at this in the Kentucky spectrum, he had that same uh, uh, deal at at UK because you had a pro and Quentin Bohanna, you had a pro and Phil Hoskins. You're going to have a pro and Josh Pascal up there eating up blockers. Which, which enabled Jamin to run free and make all those tackles. So, he is going into a great spot in Washington. I'm happy for Jamin. I like the pick for him, and I like the pick for Washington.
1: I love it, Freddie, because Jamin's a dude for as great as he was last year. Like, the, the tape jumped out, and the athleticism jumped out. But if you had a knock on him and said he was only a one-year starter. and yeah. They're not going to be putting too much on his shoulders right away. So it should help right. ease that transition. Um man, they are going to be really good at defense too. They can that's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a, that should be a playoff team next year. If they can figure yeah. out their quarterback position, I think they got Fitzpatrick. Uh they I do, yeah. So like if he can just make enough Fitz magic, that defense, I, I'm I'm pumped for him. Now you say you're gonna get a Washington football team hat. What even do they do they I just have know. like a W? What is it?
0: I don't know. You know, I, I did some things during the draft where when I saw UK players selected, I put their name is a uh, – like Brandon Eccles is a New York Jet. Yeah. But what do you say with Jamin Davis? <laughs> Jamin I, – I, I tweeted, Jamin Davis is a Washington football team. I, I didn't know what to do.
1: You could have uh, just said he's a Washington football.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know what to do. So, and another thing I did, uh, Nick, is – I I. and I, all the guys that were drafted, I, I, I wrote a post on how Kentucky can replace them. So with Jamin Davis, uh, that, that's a tough one. Um, that Mike linebacker position has to be a dude in, the, in Brad White's defense, has to have high production, has, has to rely on their eyes and, 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 and make reads, read the guards, make tackles. How Kentucky replaces Jamin Davis is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be done by committee, uh, Jared Casey, uh, is going to be one Luke Fulton another one uh, another player that, that will compete for that starting role and then Trevor Wallace coming in and possibly dip into the transfer portal so I think replacing Jamin Davis will be done by committee based on situation more so than a plug and play here's our three down linebacker unless Trevin Wallace can develop into that
1: right right I'm, I'm with you Freddie I'm with you Freddie did you Man, Jamin Davis did look cool as hell, too. He Go, did. And when he, especially when he was coming off the plane and they were introducing him in Washington, dude just yeah. wearing a white t shirt and yeah. <laughs> looks way cooler than, I mean, I don't, he was cooler than Dr. Cool, cool, just wearing a white. Yeah. Shirt. That's how you he know was. you're cool when you don't have to try hard, you know?
0: Yeah. So happy for Jamin. Great fit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelvin Joseph was, uh, came off second in the second round to the Dallas Cowboys. I know Dallas. Uh, many mock drafts had Dallas, at I think they were at 10, taking a corner. Uh, didn't happen. There were some trades involved. And got their cornerback, in Kelvin Joseph, in the second round. Uh, I like to pick for Joseph, obviously. Uh, I'd heard maybe the third round. A lot of people had a first-round grade on Joseph. Mm-hmm. But the projections and the mocks were second, third-round selection. So Dallas in the second round, I think in vast need of a corner, the pass defense last year for the Cowboys was just horrendous. So you would think that Kelvin Joseph has a chance to go in and play somewhere on that Cowboy defense. So great, uh, great timing, Mm -hmm. great pick as far as Joseph is concerned. And it fits a need for the Cowboys.
1: No, it certainly does. Uh, I didn't realize Jerry, excuse me, Jerry Jones was such a Kentucky fan, though.
0: Yeah, how about that? I mean, uh, yeah, two of them replacing Kelvin Joseph. I think uh, you know he, his his career at Kentucky was uh, polarizing, and it was inconsistent at times. But there were mm-hmm. there were flashes of of what have of a second round pick. Uh, but uh, but I think Carrington Valentine is ready to step in as that starter at corner and, and fill in. He did a nice job in the in the uh, Gator Bowl, six tackles, a forced fumble. So I think Carrington Valentine steps right in and starts there where Kelvin right. Joseph vacates.
1: Man, the, they went all in on corners too because you know Kelvin's obviously going to have a leg up trying to get that spot. But they also drafted a dude in the third round from Oregon State, and they got uh, Mukamara from South Carolina to yeah. beef up their secondary. So he's yeah, got his work defense. cut out for him. But, he does. Uh, best of past defense him,
0: uh. was a need was a was a need for Dallas, and they got their guy. Uh, Brandon Eccles, sixth round to the Jets. Brandon had a great pro day running that four three range, forty uh, two inch vertical. I, I feel Nick that. That Brandon Eccles is one of the most underappreciated Wildcats in recent history. Um, steady, always there, always mm-hmm. making plays. Strong against the run. Uh, Have one interception. Had 108 tackles in two years from a cornerback position. That's a hot. That's, that's a lot of tackles. So you know he's not. He's and active in a run game. In a shorter and,
1: year in one season too. You know. Yeah. And normally they yeah, get two more 20, games to do that.
0: Twenty-two starts in two years. Eleven pass breakups. Four and a half tackles for loss. Great production numbers from Eccles, but I think he was vastly underappreciated because he was steady. Uh, he he was active. He, he was influential in the run game, made a lot of tackles, was in position to make a lot of plays in pass defense. I think he can play that slot corner uh, for the Jets. So happy for Brandon. And also I think it's a good place because the Jets crushed the draft and are trending upwards, especially with that young quarterback and offensive lineman in the first round. So, good situation for Brandon. Uh, replacing Eccles, I, I think you go back to uh, Cedric Dort, who was your starting cornerback two years ago. I just think he moves right back into that starting position and uh, and takes over for Eccles. But, but Brandon, I think, again, I say it, I know I'm repeating myself, but highly underappreciated under at Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I – the play I actually think of most when I think of Echo's career is that fumbley force at Mississippi State. Kentucky yeah. actually had a chance in Starkville in 2019 because of the way he was playing football.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. But
1: you know that was the that was the game that the wheels started shaking on the quarterback position, uh, and you knew that something went right with Sawyer Smith. Just something went yeah. there all the way. It was like okay, something. I don't know what's got to be done, but but something needs to be done.
0: Yeah, Quinn Bohannon comes off the board on at the, on the sixth round. To the Cowboys, again, I uh, love Quentin. I think it's a good spot for him. Again, they're trying to trying to bolster that defense there, and Dallas picks up a, a true nose tackle in Quentin Bohanna. Played a lot of football, Nick. Quentin played a lot of football in Lexington. 33 starts as a nose tackle in the SEC, so that, that's a lot of proof on film. 59 tackles, nine tackles for loss. Uh, I thought he did a tremendous job. He was steady. Uh, He was always there. Uh, The best ability is availability. 33 starts in the SEC. I think Quentin Bohanna checks a lot of blocks for Dallas.
1: Definitely, definitely. And he's also, he's one of those that I don't think people are going to know just how good he ever really is because of the, it's just the, the nature of the position he plays. Right. Where, heck, even Cowboys fans, he could play, he could get, 20% 20% of the snaps in every game for eight years and they would just say, you know,
0: he's okay. Cause
1: yeah, he's never going to be a big havoc guy, but he is right. somebody that should uh, definitely help in the run game in early down situations.
0: Absolutely. Replacing Quentin Bohanna. Uh, I think Kentucky's also in a good position there with Marquand McCall. It's his time. He's lost weight uh, from all accounts. It's his time. It's, it's his senior year. It's time for him to make money for next year's draft. So Uh, Marcon McCall and Justin Rogers fill in for Quentin Bohanna. So I don't think there's going to be that significant of a drop-off, but Bohanna was was excellent for a long time there in Lexington and uh, just a tremendous football player in person. Uh, Phil Hoskins, seventh round to the Panthers. I know this surprised some people, um, but it was validation. Uh, (laughs) I need to thank Phil because I've been telling everybody he's a pro for the last (laughs) two years. Uh, glad he got selected in the seventh round by the Panthers. You know, Phil Hoskins is that long defensive tackle that Kentucky does not have right now on this roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it may develop some in the future. But uh, Phil at 6'5", 300-plus pounds, 53 tackles, seven-and-a-half tackles for loss, and it had 11 starts for his career. Uh, But Phil, I think, much like Brandon Nichols, I think Phil was an underappreciated player at Kentucky because he was always creating havoc. Phil is a havoc-producing defensive tackle. He's twitchy. He's long. Uh, uh, I think his best football is ahead of him. He kept steadily improving year by year. So I like uh, Quentin Bohanna to the Panthers in the seventh round.
1: And you know what, Freddie? He's one of those that goes to show you that it only takes one team to pick you. You don't got to have all 32 teams fall in love with you. You just need one. Happy that Phil's going to get his shot. Uh, A lot of people would knock him from his age. Yeah. Because he's an older guy. They might say, oh, well, you know, here's – we can can take another guy. But having that kind of twitch at his size is significant. And that's what – when you're looking for a replacement, that's where it's going to be tough to find because there are some highly ranked guys. We're going to talk about them a lot leading up into the season. Yeah, but you know Justin Rogers, Octavius Oxendine, uh, Abule. Th- those are big guys, but they're not necessarily twitchy, havocy guys. We just they could be, but we don't know. We haven't seen
0: it yet. Yeah, of all of all, well, until we get to Boogie Watson, uh, Phil Hoskins' replacement is is a question mark. Isaiah Gibson, I heard from from on, on several from several people. Play extremely well in spring practice. Mm-hmm. And I saw Octavius Oxendine, a former four-star from North Harden High School, had a good spring practice. So uh, this is another – defensive tackle is another spot for Brad White that's going to be filled rotationally by committee based on situation. So you're going to see a lot of players rotate rotate in that uh, that defensive tackle spot for Kentucky. And, uh, I you know, the starters are going to be nice because they'll have – the name starter to him mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not going to matter who starts at well, defensive tackles because you're going to yeah. roll them in and out there
1: you're right gibson's one that i did forget about because he he played some behind pascal last year too because he's got he's got a little bit of juice in him yeah but you're right Freddie. it's one of those where i almost wish we could just f- have snap counts and all of our stats so we would know yeah because i they you know gets, no matter how much you even watch it too freddie they get lost in the shuffle yeah, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> there's <laughs> rotating linemen. They do it so often; it's hard to keep up, and that that's definitely gonna be the case this year.
0: Yeah, and then the undrafted free agent Boogie Watson. Uh, some had him going in the seventh round. Uh, he he wasn't picked up, which is a good situation for him. That so he could pick with his best spot. Pittsburgh is where he landed. Boogie started 29 games at Kentucky. Again, we already talked about his stats: 28 and a half tackles for loss, high production. Who replaces Boogie Watson? Uh, that that is another tough replacement, mm-hmm. tough feel for Brad White. That you have to repl- you have to you have to ha- find a player that's going to. I mean, or you know, you could could get into a, a situation where it's also by rotation based on situation, and you're not going to have a player step in right away that's going to have 28 and a half tackles for loss for a career. But you could combine a, a series of three players possibly that would equal that t- together. Uh, so Justice Dingle is one option. Uh, moving uh, Jordan Wright over from Sam to Jack is another one. There's a lot of uh, possibilities there, but mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be tough replacing Boogie. Yep. Boogie was a consistent force in that Kentucky defense, and you know with, with five with all these draft picks, and then. Uh, Boogie's undrafted free agency pick up by the Steelers. Uh, You see now why Kentucky finished fourth in the SEC in total defense in 2019 and 20, but having both corners, a linebacker, two defensive tackles, uh, two linebackers and and two defensive linemen come off. You see now why Kentucky finished first in the SEC in pass defense over the last two years. You know, I know after 19, everybody, 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 but some were saying, well, they finished that high because of the rains and because of this, that, and the other. What do you do? You follow it back up with another top-ranked pass defense in, in the Southeastern Conference in 2020. So, I think it's a trend for Kentucky. But you see why with both cornerbacks coming off the board. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of work to do for that Kentucky defense. Uh, Landon Young drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Nick Landon at New Orleans I think is a perfect spot for him as a person. I think he'll love Louisiana. Uh happy for Landon. Not sure where he'll play. Most likely it'll be right tackle, but I think he is good enough in an NFL scenario of being that swing tackle, he could be he could play right or left or they may kick him to guard. Uh, but extremely happy for Landon Young coming off the board going to the New Orleans Saints.
1: It was – I I do feel like, though, Freddie, that Landon – Landon doesn't strike me as the type to be out on Bourbon Street, which is a good thing. He strikes me as the type to be at those tailgates where they got all the crazy food. Landon's (laughs) going to be all about some Cajun food. Know what I mean? I bet he eats it up.
0: But there's a lot of good fishing in Louisiana. Oh,
1: that's so, see that's that's where he's too, gonna be. Yeah. He is gonna yeah. be. It's not like you know some people are like. Oh gosh, you got to worry about getting him out on Bourbon Street now, Landon. You just got to worry yeah. about pulling him out of the swamp. You know, it, yeah. Sure a gator doesn't get a hold of him. He he's gonna go after a gator too. He's gonna have yeah, some he, yeah, with him.
0: yeah. A lot of lakes down there, rivers. The you know the Gulf is right there. So a lot of a lot of outdoor stuff for Landon to do. I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, very happy for Landon, ha- but.
1: Happy to see him get the call too. Cause he just, yeah. when you saw those pictures of him, I mean, I always like to, like they always have two phones, I guess is like, is one an agent or I just don't know where they get all these <laughs> cell phones. It feels like on draft night, all these guys, they got cell phones all over the place and none of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a good question. Uh, but how Kentucky replaces Landon Young? Well, you replace an all sec left tackle pro with an all American right tackle future pro. So uh, I'm not for sure I've ever heard of that situation before, replacing an all SEC player with an All-American. Uh, but Kentucky's in great shape with Darren Kennard moving over to left tackle. Uh, it's not a stretch, Nick, and I don't want to put any pressure on Keontae Goodwin. Uh, it's not a stretch to say that Kentucky will have three consecutive starting left tackles uh, drafted in, by the NFL, uh, you know, with with Landon, with Darien and then Keontae in a few years, see how he develops. Uh, but he surely projects as a, as a pro player. So left tackle is a spot that Kentucky should be in good hands with, uh, for the next few years.
1: Yeah. And, and if you want to go a step further too, because Darien's kicking from right to left, if you're looking at who you replace at right. Tackle, uh, Jeremy Flax was a four star blue chip juco recruit, right? Pretty, yeah. pretty good in his own right. And yeah. he also got a factor. We, we forgot about him too much last year, but Nasir Watkins yeah. played a lot of football. He hadn't been a big-time starter, but he's played a lot of football at Kentucky.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think he, he'll provide that experience and, and may be your starting right tackle. I don't think that position is settled yet and won't be so until deep into fall camp. So, yeah, I mean, I think Kentucky's in good position, especially when left tackle with Darian Kennard and then right tackle you have uh, multiple – Uh, options there. So productive draft for the cats. Uh, I think uh, it it validates a lot of the pro day. Uh, You know, I know there was a lot of hype around Kentucky's pro day, which, which it should have been. And, and the draft selections validated what they did on pro day. And uh, uh, it was a, it was a recruiting tool for Kentucky. Now, now the cats are developing pros You know, at at six this year, next year, you could project seven, eight, possibly. So it's going to continue to be a situation where draft day is going to be fun for Kentucky fans. And it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, So, uh, great draft weekend for me, Nick. I know I missed the Derby, but it was well worth it. hearing or watching, uh, those guys get their names called.
1: Yeah. I do have one bone to pick with our Steelers though. What's that? Well, they went to the seventh round, decided to get a punter. But they didn't get Max Duffy. What the hell? Yeah. You can get a punter and you're not gonna get Max Duffy. <laughs> There's no punter that punts better than Max Duffy. Absolutely yeah. silly. Silly yeah. Steelers. What the hell's wrong with you?
0: The Georgia punter got selected too, if that's not the same one. So I'm not if I'm yeah, not they're, mistaken. They're different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was Georgia so, Tech. So I gotta say, you know, I, I've not seen or heard uh Max signing anywhere. Free agency. Uh, have you heard anything,
1: Nick? I have not yet. My God, this kid from Georgia Tech, though he does have tree trunks. He's a, he's a big boy back there punting.
0: So so uh Max, we're still
1: waiting to see if Max where he will end up signing. Do they do? Yeah. Is it because I know kickers? It's different. You know, they would like have him come in for tryouts. I, I'm guessing they do the same thing with punters.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Max is will, should or, or is taking his time to see the best fit for him. Uh, because there will be situations or scenarios like that will go in and work out for a team, I'm sure. But uh, I think it's smart for Max to, to take his time and, and find the best fit, uh, because he certainly could be going into a, a, a team or an organization where he could start from day one. So uh, strategic free agency uh, planning there for Max Duffy. I do think he'll end up on a team, and I do think he'll punt for many years in the National Football League.
1: And Drake, he ended up finding a home uh, maybe right next to his uh, pal, Logan Stenberg.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Going to uh, the Detroit Lions. That one, Drake Jackson, not getting drafted, uh, uh, pissed me off to the point that I didn't watch the Derby. I went to Kroger. Uh, I, I I was so mad. I just I had to walk away. So I, I, I mean, I didn't even watch a, a second of the Derby uh, because I'm, mean, you know, why do teams outthink themselves? I understand. I understand the size factor. I understand that. But look at the tape. 44 consecutive starts in the Southeastern Conference. Played at an all-SEC level. Blocked for record-breaking uh, running backs. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Uh, you know, teams want to outthink themselves, look at measurables, whatever. But watch the damn tape? That's all I would ask. Watch the tape? Uh, It it just uh, it gets to me. But uh, I think that that Drake is in a good situation going to Detroit. I think he put a lot of thought into uh, his free agency signing and and he rejoins Logan Stenberg. So that's a good thing. Uh, I like what Detroit did in the draft. So I think I think uh, Jackson uh, ends up at a good spot and I hope the very best for him going forward now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And. So, for some, it's actually better to be able to get your choice instead of being stuck right. uh, by the team that drafted you. So, I'm hopeful that that's the case for Drake because, uh, you know, no, nobody's done it better at UK than Drake. And, right. On, off the of field, all of the above. He's been a consummate professional who has played a lot of football in Lexington. And I yeah. still think he's got quite a bit of football left in his future.
0: I do too. And I've said it on many occasions and I'll say it again today. Drake Jackson is the best center that I've seen play at Kentucky personally. You know, uh, I, I didn't get to see the guys obviously in the sixties and fifties or whatever, but Drake is the best that, that I, I can go mid seventies to today. He's the best center that I've watched. So uh, again, I teams want to want to be out, want to be smart and out think themselves and, and not watch the tape because if you can stand up and, be a four-year starter in the SEC at that high of a level. Mm-hmm. What what's to say you can't do it in the NFL? Because SEC have what f- had the most players drafted uh, uh, for what the fifteenth straight year. So you're playing against pros week in week out, and I, I just don't get it. Don't like it, but I'm glad that that he found a home in in Detroit. AJ Rose signs with the Vikings, uh, a, a, a versatile running back that can catch the football out out of the backfield. Uh, I, I, he will get a good look there in Minnesota. So another uh, undrafted free agent signing with A.J. Rose going to the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and A.J. looks good in purple too. So He does. Uh, hopefully uh, he finds a, a nice little spot there. I don't know exactly how they'll use him, but I do think that pass catching is going to play a significant role Yeah, in, absolutely. Uh, how he can end up finding a spot on the
0: team and special teams also. Yeah. I mean he's going he's going to have to prove, you know, if he does make the 53 man roster, he's going to have to prove that he can make tackles on the kickoff team, punt team, etc. Uh so yeah, a lot of work to do there by AJ, but happy to see him find a home in Minnesota. Uh the draft was somewhat overshadowed Nick by uh, Aaron Rodgers making the announcement or not making the announcement, but the news broke on draft day uh that he wasn't happy in in Green Bay and Uh, doesn't want to come back and all that. So it Mm -hmm. it created, I wouldn't say a cloud over the draft, but it it created a a, a situation where his name was brought up on several occasions and discussed in length uh, about his future at Green Bay. And that stretched for a three-day period during the draft. Uh, When the draft ended, he was at the Derby. So the way I see it, and I have no way of, of knowing if this is true or not, it was a great PR weekend for Aaron Rodgers. You break that in a draft so you know it's going to be talked about, and it was. Mm-hmm. And you culminate that three days with with the appearance at the Derby, which the Derby had incredible ratings, right, television ratings. Yeah, yeah. And there was still a lot of buzz about his uh, what he's going to do at Green Bay. So with him trying out for Jeopardy, what better way could you – create a PR storm other than how he handled it uh you know I don't know what if he's going to come back to Green Bay and get traded I don't know but it was a perfect scenario for Aaron Rodgers over that three-day stretch
1: yeah he also looked like (laughs) the way he dressed he looked like he was up to something sinister as well there was something (laughs) just like mischievous some mischievous look about him or he knew exactly what he was doing by dropping it then. exactly, He, he kind of handcuffed the Packers, too, because there wasn't, you know, if this is a week or so before the draft, they've got some time to, you know, come up with a good deal, a good package if they do want to trade him and, and mix in with some picks. But when you're doing it just a couple hours before the draft, it's, you know, you're scrambling and the whole time probably thinking like, by God, I don't, why am I doing this? We have air yeah. Rodgers. Let him play. So, yeah it um it was in a weird spot, but as somebody who's friends with some Packers fans, it it is fun to kind of mess with them, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but
0: I mean to, to say that that was just a a happen chance that you know that news broke right before the draft. Oh, I mean, it's cra- it, it was <laughs> exactly, and uh, you know, did it work? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of coverage about it, listened to a lot of coverage and read a lot of coverage about it. So, who knows how it's going to end up. But, uh, you know, the PR machine that is Aaron Rodgers was very strong for the, through those three-day periods. So, we'll see how it works out.
1: Did, did you like the Bears trade enough to get Justin Fields?
0: I did, because Chicago's not had a quarterback. I mean, I guess you go back, what, Jim McMahon is the last one? And then – Yeah,
1: Cal- Cutler was just good enough to be frustrating. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the Bears quarterback situation has been going on for 70 years. So uh they feel like they got their guy and they went up and got it. I love Trey Lance going three to the to the 49ers. I've been on Trey Lance for a long, Nick, for a long time. You know that. And, and I was happy to see him selected there. Uh, But it was it was a run on quarterbacks early. And uh we'll see how this class turns out.
1: Yeah. In the um the good the good thing too with Lance, I know everybody, you know, made a big stink about that Kyle Shanahan quote where will he be on the roster on Sunday? Yada yada yada. I don't know if we're gonna be alive. Well, in Trey Lance's case, having Garoppolo there actually gives him some time because he he's another one that doesn't have a ton of reps under his belt and could, right. could use uh unlike Matt Jones, who's a little bit more polished, Lance could Benefit from sitting behind Jimmy G for a little bit and kind of getting to know how this whole thing works.
0: Yeah, and that'll have to try out a bit, a bunch because you know you get to learn in the same way Patrick Mahomes did at Kansas mm-hmm. City. Uh, another draft uh, scenario that that went down that had people ruffled up was uh, uh, Cincinnati taking Jamar Chase, the receiver from LSU, instead of Kene Sewell, the left tackle hey uh <laughs> there were there were strong arguments on both sides so uh at some point in time you're going to have to protect your quarterback i like how the jets did so went up to draft an offensive lineman for their rookie quarterback uh you saw the 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 chargers take slater the offensive tackle from northwestern to protect herbert there at, at, at quarterback And then the Bengals get go receiver. And so (laughs) it's uh, such a
1: Bengals pick. Yeah. It is such a Bengals pick. Because here's the thing the only reason why I might say, okay, maybe, is because Chase was Burrow's guy back in the day. And they were an incredible combination at LSU, absolute dynamite. But the thing that I don't get is all these idiot Bengals fans. There's a bunch of offensive linemen out there in the draft. We can get them later. No, No, you say that about receivers. You don't say that about offensive linemen. Last year, Joe Burrow was going to be rookie of the year, but you just thought every time he dropped back to pass, well, it's only a matter of time before he gets killed. Get that man some protection. I don't – If if he don't have time to throw it to Jamar Chase, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean –
0: yeah, I never silly. played the NFL, but I played a few games in the SEC, and, and it's hard to complete passes when you're on your back. So, uh, <laughs> I just the, there it, was one
1: guy who, who said it best. He's like, the teams that's why they keep picking in the first five and 10 picks of the draft because yeah. they make dumbass decisions like that.
0: Still, in the draft Trey Smith goes to Kansas City, the Tennessee guard. I know there were medical t- concerns with him, mm-hmm. but he's checked out. Uh, a clear, uh, clear bill of health, clean bill of health. Uh, So and play two full seasons in 2019, 2020. He set out five games in 2018 uh, for medical issues. All SEC performer. One of the more dominant guards that I've seen uh, play in quite some time drops to the seventh round with the with the Chiefs. Again, that's why the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah. And that's why the Bengals are the Bengals. I mean, uh, so pretty if Trace Smith never
1: n- had those blood clots in his lungs, he's top 20 pick, probably. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: and you're getting that in seventh round. Uh, okay, value. Yeah, yeah you want you, you, look, you, no values. Values you can't lose no. in that situation. No,
0: my two guys went in the first round, that some had them in the first, some had them in the second. Uh, but Z- Zayvon Collins, a linebacker out of Tulsa, goes to the Cardinals. I really liked him, and I like Joe Tryon. Was my other value pick that that several had going into the second round. Uh, the Buccaneers pick him at 32 in the first round. Perfect scenario mm-hmm. for Joe Tryon to go in there. The uh, Tampa Bay brings back all 22 starters from the Super Bowl championship team. He'll get to learn. He'll get to to see that locker room with Tom Brady. Uh, great scenario there for Joe Tryon. Out of Washington. I like those two guys. Non UK guys. So. Uh, those were two my two top value picks, and, and they came off the board in the first round.
1: Yeah, I uh, and, and back to the Bengals quickly perfect example of this. They so they end up getting an offensive lineman in the second round, but you could have got Elijah Moore was picked at 34. I think they were Bengals were up at 35 or 36, they were not far behind. If you're he's you know, I'm not saying that they're the exact same player but they're not that different right i
0: Bengals fans <laughs> oh uh, it was great to have courtney and bill on Nick, uh-huh. good to hear from those guys and we want to thank la codings again uh for the partnership to bring you this podcast uh i've had a lot of fun talking the draft It's it's uh an event that i look forward to every year uh but it's back to, to projecting in the summer workouts and going into fall camp. A uh, lot of holes, a lot of, lot of production to be replaced on that Kentucky defense that I think is going to be more challenging uh, than, than others think. So it'll be interesting to watch how Brad White does that. He's, he did it before. If you remember, uh, players, some multiple players drafted in after 2018 team Comes back in 2019 with a lot of replacements for those starters. Finishes fourth in the SEC in total defense, first in pass defense. So uh he has done this before, but I think this uh is going to be a challenge for him going into going into the season.
1: It's uh and we got plenty of time to talk about it. Now is the part where things do kind of slow down though, Freddie, yeah. where uh draft's over camps don't start up in uk for another month and that's yeah we'll get visitors and everything next month but things will be relatively quiet up until that calendar hits june one
0: yeah unless there's you know transfer portal news that comes out but and i'm not saying that i'm hearing anything but but that that's the only action Yeah, yeah that could that could take place but yeah you got camps you got visits you got camps uh, and then you roll into SEC media days, and then next thing you know, we're at fall camp, and the season's here. So mm-hmm. uh, the next few weeks are going to be kind of down for us. <clears throat> but uh, you can still go to to the Kentucky Sports Radio uh, website and find all kinds of good football content. We appreciate you visiting that site. We thank you for listening to this podcast, uh, and we thank LA Codings for for being our partners in this podcast. And I thank you, Nick, because uh, you're you're playing through some pain right now.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, big-time players, big-time plays, big-time games. So, we're fighting through. A little rusty, but uh, we'll be back to 100% in no time.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, thanks for listening. Go Cats.